I've got good news for you, I've got bad news. Which one do you want first? You always get the bad news in my book. This is how this works. Bad news is, Pharaoh's heart is actually still hard. Uh, and, and some of his servants still hard-hearted because God made them strong-willed, so they changed their minds. They saw Israel go out. Now they're going out after them, after the recently departed Israel. So let me cut to the chase on that story to conclude the bad news. It doesn't go well for them. Okay? The good news is we're not going to be talking about Pharaoh's hard heart today or his servants' hard hearts or plagues or any of that stuff. Although we are going to be talking about a heart, a strong heart. But this one's going to be different. And first, I want to take us on a detour. Sola Scriptura. Who knows what Sola Scriptura is? Sola Scriptura is a doctrine that, uh, that Scripture, it is a Protestant Reformation theological principle that asserts that the Bible alone is the supreme authority in all matters of faith and practice. Now, that's fine, right? I mean, it almost sort of has a Jewish ring to it. Like, the Torah is the supreme authority, does a guide for life and practice. But the doctrine of sola scriptura also holds that scripture is complete, self-sufficient, and not subject to additional traditions or teachings outside of the Bible. In a way, that's still sort of Jewish, in the sense that we have the written law and we have the oral law, we have rabbinic law, we have Torah law. And they're not really, they're not on the same level. And to be fair, even in Sola Scriptura, it does hold that commentaries, theological writings, church traditions, other resources can be valuable for understanding and interpreting. So that's okay. That's, that's okay. But here's the problem with Sola Scriptura. Like so many things, there's the idea behind something, why it was made, and then there's the actual practice of the thing. <clears throat> and in real life, in real, like, fundamentalist, hardcore, hyper-religious crowds, what sola scriptura really means is, if it ain't in the Bible, it ain't. I don't believe it. I'm not paying attention to it. And I sure am not doing it. If you can't show me chapter and verse, it's not a thing. Now, in Judaism, particularly thanks to the Hebrew Roots Movement, we have a lot of these things that come along. For instance, this, okay? You can, I could show you a lot of different reasons why the yarmulke is worn, but no. Milk and meat, separating milk and meat. There's a lot of these things, okay, that, that people say, that's not in the Bible. It can't be. It's just, it's just not happening. Now listen, this is not the Jewish way. This is clearly not the Jewish way, as evidenced by the fact that when you read your Gospels and Apostolic Scriptures, what you're going to find there are many Midrashim, 
from the disciples. You're also going to find your Messiah, Yeshua, quoting oral law in a positive way that comes from the traditions. In Jewish tradition, we learn a lot from these things. Midrashim, rabbinic writings, extra-biblical tradition, not all of which we necessarily agree with or think all of it is actually exactly what happened. But a world of deep study and knowledge comes from reading the Bible with eyes and opinions that are formed from outside the Bible, actually. That may sound completely heretical, but we're just okay with it in Judaism. And this week's Torah portion presents an opportunity for one of those moments of learning outside the Bible. And, and, and without this, without this story, without this traditional story that's come down, if you're sola scriptura, not as the idea is conceived, but if you actually hold to those radical ideas of sola scriptura, this will prevent you from seeing, hearing, understanding, or learning anything from the story I'm about to tell you. The big problem with Sola Scriptura for this week is you'll never get to meet this week's Torah portion's hero. Who is this week's Torah portion hero? Moses? No. I want you to meet Nachshon. Nachshon's name is in the Bible. He's a prince of Judah. He is the brother-in-law of Aaron. He's the son of Aminidav. And it just so happens that even though this story that I'm about to share with you as an entire lesson in learning is not specifically spelled out in the Bible, he is a leader of Israel who teaches Lessons that every human being should know. So have I got you thoroughly confused? I hope not. It's very straightforward. I want you to meet Nachshon. Made famous, as I said, by multiple Midrashim and by the Talmud and Sota and other places. He was this a very important leader for Israel at the sea. We've already talked about these flowers. You know what the Torah portion is this week. We're going through the Sea of Reeds this week. He was a leader at a time when the leader that we all know who is who for the Israelites, Moshe, Nachshon is a leader when Moses needed a hand. And I've seen this Nachshon referenced in at least three or four different commentaries and sources that I subscribe to. It's a pretty popular dude. Do you know his story? Who knows Nachshon's story? Oh my goodness, this is ripe. This is ripe soil. Let me set the scene. Actually, this is one of my favorite sections of Torah. One of my, one of my favorite stories of life and leadership. Every year, when we come to this portion, I share some portion of it, some section, some comment. But every year the Torah also seems to reveal some new lesson. That's the great thing about the Torah. And I often focus on Moses at this point, and I will be actually in this. 
But this year, Nakshon takes center stage. We're in Exodus. This is, the, this is Chabad's gloss. Okay, you know what that means, just the, the overview of what happens in Nakshon's story. When Israel stood facing the Sea of Reeds and the command was given to move forward, each of the tribes hesitated, saying, we do not want to be the first to jump in the sea. Nachshon saw what was happening and jumped into the sea. At that moment, Moses was standing and praying. God said to him, My beloved ones are drowning in the stormy seas, and you're standing and praying. Moses replied, Master of the world, what am I to do? Pause there just a minute. I want you to put that picture in your mind of what's happening. Okay. Said God, you lift your staff and spread your hand over the seas, which will split, and Israel will come into the sea upon dry land. And so it was. Following Nachshon's lead, the Israelites entered the sea and were saved. Hence this incredible graphic that Darren did for this week's teaching. That's the gloss. Now let me make it real for you. Exodus 14. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. So you've got Pharaoh and the charioteers behind. You've got the Sea of Reeds in front. There's nowhere to go. And so they were fearing greatly, it says. And they called out to God. That's a good thing to do, right? It quickly turned very bad. They then said, Moses, what have you done? The guy who just brought them out, right? Moses, what have you done? They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. So you're with me, right? And then Moses steps up. Moses is the leader he steps up and he delivers the speech of speeches. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. Yes, Moses. That's the leader's charge. People, be strong and God will show up. But the next verse is the doozy, my favorite. Hashem said to Moshe, the next verse after that speech, Hashem said to Moshe, why do you cry out to me? Speak to the children of Israel and tell them to move forward. In other words, Moses, you've just given this incredible speech. You know how it's going to work. The people need you. And you're struggling to lead them. 
They need you to lead, and you're standing here talking to me. Moses, it's fine. I like you. I love you. But you're standing here talking to me. Moses replied, Master of the world, what am I supposed to do? In other words, Moses had given them the encouragement, the courageous leader speech, all will be well, this is what you need to do, but in his head was a different story. He was rattled, it seems. We might even say doubtful, we might even say uncertain, we might even say fearful. The people certainly were, and although he had given the speech, to do the thing and take the action, he had not heeded his own words, it seems. Do you know why I love this so much? Because this is my life and yours, too, on some level. Because it happens to me all the time. Saying the right things is easy. Doing them is a whole nother story. I live it as a leader, if I may have just this very brief, transparent moment. I get the privilege of standing up here on this platform and being rabbi and giving you messages about being the good person that you can be and the best disciple and strong and making good decisions and living the best life. And I read the books and I study the texts and I say the words and I teach the lessons. And behind the scenes, I struggle. to live out my own words. Believe me, I know the words. I know the lessons. I know what needs to be done. But the doing is the difficulty, isn't it? An Indian proverb says it's easy to be brave from a distance. Another old phrase. Talk is cheap. And sometimes in those struggles, I hear God saying the same thing to me that he said to Moses. I'm sure you have too. What are you doing? I, I, I've told you what you need to do. It's clear what you need to do. Why are you crying to me? I told you. And, and, and you told them, this is what he says to me, I told you, you told them, so why don't you lift up your staff and do the thing metaphorically? Why don't you take the action? Why don't you commit to the step? Why don't you do it? And a lot of times there's a lot of emotions behind that. Sometimes fear, who knows what. But, you know, you don't have to be, an, you don't have to be a leader to experience that. Talk is cheap. I mean, we all know those lessons, right? And so the people that Moses is tasked with leading... They see this going on with Moses, and we know how they handle it. They, they cry out to God. He apparently does not respond in acceptable fashion. So they then cry out to Moses and say, you stink as a leader. Why didn't you just leave us in slavery? You, what have you done? Everybody's on the down with Moses bandwagon, which is easy to get on, actually, but not Nachshon. Enter Nachshon. I imagine him as sort of a quiet dude, contemplative, 
And in this case, sort of taking it all in from a distance, observing. The people are struggling. Moses is struggling. The people are struggling with Moses. But rather than join the bandwagon, I think that Nakshon knew the words, at least not the words, but the concept of something that a much later teacher would, would share, Rabbi Yonah of Gerandi. He was a 13th century ethics uh, teacher or rabbi who wrote, if you see someone who has achieved a prominent position but whose behavior is inappropriate, do not say, if I were in his place, I wouldn't do as he does. You don't know what tomorrow will bring, and you are no different from him or anyone else. Perhaps that prestigious position would sway you as it has swayed him. Only when you reach his place and his position and overcome your own tendencies will you have the right to question his conduct. That's very un-American, I realize. But there's some deep value in that. The point is, leaders struggle. They worry. They get off track. They get tired. They get frustrated. They get scared. They even get paralyzed. And sometimes they need advice or support or patience. Not usually criticism, although any good leader is open to be criticized and take that in and learn from it. If you can't be criticized as a leader, you are not a leader. Because much of the growth you will experience comes from the problems, the trials, the criticisms. But Nachshon knew something that can inspire not only a leader, but everyone. It's a very simple word. Action. Courageous action. A strong heart driven to action. Courage to take a step. I can tell you from experience, for, for a leader to see people that he has had the or she has had the privilege to lead, to see those people step up and do courageous things and lead and be bold and be strong and take action, there's really nothing better. It says, the work is worth it. I bet Nachshon established himself that day as one of Moses' favorite people. You remember the story. Moses says, Master of the world, what am I to do? The part I think we should add is God saying to Moses, what are you supposed to do? Look over there, Moses. Look over there. Nachshon is in the water because he trusts me and he trusts you. Lift up your staff and do the thing. He was quietly, confident, uh, confidently, because you see, he took Moses' encouragement seriously. He said, Moses told us God is going to show up and we just have to be silent. So what I seriously doubt is that while all this is going on, Nakshon is over in the water going, hey, 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 look at me, I'm doing it. Look at me, give me the attention. I'm doing it, I'm getting in the water. Come on, follow me. Quietly, confidently, courageously taking action. That's Nakshon. And you know the phrase, kill two birds with one stone. 
He didn't kill anybody, but he accomplished three tasks with one thing. He did this for God. Clearly, he knew that God was faithful. He believed Moses. He also did it for the people because they're his people. The people are struggling. They needed to move, to step up and make something happen. The people are in danger. Moses was unsure, it seems, but rather than revolt or cause a mutiny or a church or synagogue split or whatever, he just gets in the water. He walked in. And he did that certainly on some level for the people. And third, he did it for Moses. Of course. He did it for his leader. As I said a minute ago, there's really no greater moment for a leader than when you see others in the flock become a leader. And they're serving alongside you. I want to believe, and maybe it's just my perspective that influences my thoughts, but I want to believe that Nachshon had learned from Moses Moses and Aaron had done some very difficult things over the last year that Nachshon sees them in the face of extremely dangerous circumstances and he quietly, confidently followed in those footsteps to say, I've seen you, Moshe. I'm following you. I'm following your lead. I'm with you. I'll step up. Take the big step. Do the hard thing. But you know what? Maybe I'm wrong about the third part. Maybe he didn't do it at all for Moses. Maybe he did it because Nachshon knew something that everyone else should know and live by. This is it. In life, often, sometimes often, there are no leaders. Sometimes there's no one to tell you what to do or when or how or to give you the courage to take an action or do some bold thing that you know you need to do. Sometimes, if you're going to get it done, sometimes God isn't going to make your heart strong. Sometimes you find the courage on your own. I created the English verb from a Hebrew verb last night, or last week. Chazak. We chazaked it, right? We're strong. We chazaked it. To do it with strength, with strong-hearted, and that's applicable here. You need to have resolve all the time, every day in the face of difficulty. Chazak, strengthen the heart. But you know what else? There's a time to nachshon it. That's today's verb. That means to take action when no one else will. To take decisive action when others can't find the way. Moses was talking, planning, praying, asking what to do. There's tons of commentary that, of course, put Moses in a perfect light and he was doing exactly what needed to be done and all that. That's not the commentary I'm using. I'm using my own commentary. Moses is over there praying and talking. Nachshon was doing the doing, taking the action. That's what it means to nachshon it. In a place where there are no men, Pirkei Avot says, be a man or a woman. This week's Haftorah, we read about uh, Yael driving a tent peg through Cicero's head. Devorah is a strong woman. Zipporah, we learned about her. She's a strong woman. Miriam, Ruth, all of them. And all these women in here. And everywhere women are strong. But where there are no leaders, be a leader. Pirkei Avot. To take responsibility 
and step up, especially in situations where that's obviously lacking in other people. This isn't a slam on Moses. That's why I've said all these things about the difficulty of leadership. It's Moses. It's Moses. You can't slam Moses. But in this case, the, ample, the, the example is Nachshon, the man of action. And I could give you hours of teaching about the necessity of action. It's one of my favorite things. But as I mentioned earlier, it wouldn't change the fact that sometimes I struggle to do those things, and so do you. I know you do. You know why? You're a human being. That happens. But, you know, I look around. There are examples here. Uh, I, I think about courage. And this is sort of an odd example, but, you know, we've had several families now that have made the move, making the move, talked about it. It was just the Huggies I had to pick on them for. That. They were my only example for years. Now there are multiple families who've done that and, and others looking to do it. And I remember when uh, Cody and Kristen were thinking about doing that, I was reading a book called Courage is Calling by a guy named Ryan Holiday. He's a stoic, like, expert, loves stoicism, uses a lot of off-color words in his book, social, political lean is different than most of you. I'm not recommending the book, but I love the book. And I gave it to him because he's already off-color. <laughs> and they were in this big decision mode about whether or not we're going to do this. Am I going to leave my job that's really good? I'm going to leave my house on the lake where my family lives and we love going out there and leave the mountains and leave the, the comfort of Atlanta. They're going through all these things. And he, he reads the book, listens to the book that I sent him. And in my recollection of this, maybe I just made this up for effect in this message, but I remember him saying to me, I listened to that book. We're going to do it. And it, of course, Kristen was 50% of the decision. But I thought, I listened to that book. It didn't make me do any incredible brave thing or make some huge decision in my life. I admire that. I admire people who are willing to step into the water and do things. I do it. I'm not sitting here saying, I'm, I'm, I'm so bad. I'm sorry, I'm a terrible leader to you guys. No, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's inspiring. Inspiring when you see people take action and move with courage and do things. Ecclesiastes 11.4, it says this, If one watches the wind, he will never sow. And if one observes the clouds, he will never reap. There is a time for action. And I'm thankful for all those families. The, the, the reward of courage, I would like to think, has been realized or is being realized for these families and any others who come here. Courage is calling. This is it. All the time. All the time. In a variety of instances. That's just an example. It's easy to be brave from a distance. And the last little tidbit on Nakshon is when he walked into the water, all of this is happening. Moses is back here talking. He's walking, going into the water, still going forward in the water, all the way into the water, up to his nose. 
and the sea has not parted yet. You ever made a decision where you're up to your nose in something and asking and saying, God, are you actually going to show up? I've put my stock and my faith in it. I believe, are you going to do it? And it is at that moment when the Midrash tells us that Moses looks over and sees and God says, lift it up, and he does it. How happy do you think Nachshon was at that point with Moses? Probably very. And the sea split and the people came behind him and went across on dry land. There are moments when courage calls when it's a little bit scary. Nachshon was rewarded in his lineage. He is the ancestor of Messiah. He is also the ancestor of the three young men in the fire in Nebuchadnezzar. They didn't, they didn't jump in the water. They jumped in the fire. They learned it from Grandpa Nachshon. So when courage calls you, Nachshon teaches us, Take action, there's a reward for you if you'll answer. If you'll answer. I don't mean reckless action, irresponsible behavior. I'm saying faithful, courageous steps toward the things that God has made clear to you. Sometimes he doesn't make those things clear to you. Sometimes you just got to take the step. Got to take a step. So back to Sola Scriptura. This whole thing we talked about, everything I just told you, is not specifically spelled out in the Bible. Did it happen like this? Man, I hope so. But it doesn't matter. You know why? Because the story teaches us an incredible lesson about life. And if you miss the opportunity through study and tradition and commentary and learning, Sola Scriptura folks are never going to know about Nachshon. Now you do. And you know about his lesson. And you know what it means to be chazaking it and nachshoning it. And that's what I want us to do. Would you want to miss Nachshon's story? Of course not. Nachshon it. Shabbat Shalom. Please visit our website, shalommakin.org, to learn more about us, join our live services, access other teachings, sign up for our newsletter, join our private network that will connect you with our greater community from around the world, or contribute to the work of Shalom Macon. Thank you for watching, and we look forward to connecting with you.